This is an AMI podcast. AMI-audio provides news, stories, and entertainment that matter to Canadians with disabilities. Here are a few ways to access AMI-audio's content. With a digital TV package, you can listen to AMI-audio for free. Visit AMI.ca slash schedules to find AMI-audio content on your cable provider. All original AMI-audio shows are also available in podcast format. Visit AMI.ca slash podcasts for a full list of podcasting platforms you can find us on. Happy listening! Be sure to consult your physician before starting any exercise regimen. Welcome to Yogi's Guide to Health and Wellness. My name is Kevin Naidu, and I hope all of you are having just a really beautiful day today. So excited to have one of my brothers on the show today. His name is Dorman Balthazar. He's a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, a poet, a holistic fitness trainer. So grateful to have him here with us today. Welcome, Dorman. Uh, thank you for having me, Kevin. It's, it's an honor. Thank you so much for making time for us. Let's just dive right in here. You have such a wealth of knowledge and so many gifts inside of you that I really want to connect you with our audience. If you can briefly just share a little bit about you, Dorman, and what you do. Sure. Uh, again, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you to all your listeners who tuned in. Um, I am a spiritual being uh, having a human experience. The more I realize that, the more peaceful my life becomes. I uh, have uh, been trained with a few teachers, but my root teacher is uh, his name is Steve Ilg, and he introduced me to holistic fitness. And what holistic fitness is, it combines a few disciplines, cardio, meditation, yoga, and nutrition. And for me, that has really cemented the foundation of my practice that I keep returning to on a daily basis. And I would be remiss if I didn't share it with every human being that I've been blessed to meet. Uh, so holistic fitness for me has been a, a, a savior for me in my life because it combines all these different disciplines and all these practices that I get to to not only practice myself on a daily basis, but also share with, I guess, all, all of my students. Hmm, beautiful, beautiful. So Dorman, you spoke about meditation. And I just want to speak to that for a moment because oftentimes meditation is very scary for people. It's very scary and very uncomfortable for people. And I remember my first meditation teacher in India many moons ago, he explained it as finding comfortability in incomfortability. And as I said, meditation can be really scary. I know I was scared of it because I didn't know what I would see. I didn't know what I would experience. I didn't know how to even do it. So if I was to ask you, how did meditation come into your life? And at what point did it come into your life? Uh, meditation came into my life, I would say I was probably about 24, 25. Again, when I met my, uh, my, my root teacher, uh, Steve Elk, he introduced meditation. And this was at the time when I was uh, racing mountain bikes. 
cross-country mountain bikes in, in Southern California. He mentioned to me, he said, uh, Student D, there, if you want to win your races, there are two things that you need to incorporate into your practice and into your training. Uh, the first one is yoga, and the second is meditation. Uh, I can't, I don't clearly remember if it was in that order, but you know, from my practice, I find that meditation would be the first. Uh, so possibly that's what he said. But meditation and yoga. And at that time, you know, it's like there weren't a lot of guys meditating or uh, yoga being taught in Main Street gyms. But I was bent on winning. I wanted to win my races. And so I was like, sure, I'll try it. Uh, little did I know that it would create such a profound transformation in my life. And I use the word transformation instead of change, because we can always change, but to transform ourselves has a lot to do with renewing our minds. Meditation came into my life as a young cocky cyclist who was bent on winning. And now it is the foundation It is the essence of my being that allows me to be here now in this moment. Mm. So along this meditation journey, and I know know sometimes at the start of our meditation, it's often a fight. It's often a fight to find stillness, a fight with our thoughts until we find and develop a sense of consistency to take us almost over that hump. Do you remember or can you think of an aha moment that you had? within your meditation practice where it was just like, okay, I know, I I get it. I know what this feels like where you're just grounded and present and just in tune with the very essence of who you are. Oh, absolutely. But before that point, I have to let your listeners know that there is uh, so much mind chatter that happens uh, about not being able to meditate uh, oh, I can't sit still, or how am I going to quiet my mind? And uh, so I experienced all of that. I experienced thoughts that made me uh, say after the meditation or even within the meditation, where did that come from? <laughs> I feel like uh, if I were to go back in time in this life that I've lived, one of the many lives, it would have to be before the state championship, the Bud Light State Championship at Castaic Lake, when I remember uh, the night uh, of my uh, uh, during my practice, where everything was still, and I came out of that practice where I could visualize my 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 race, my performance, how my body felt, the energy I had the trail, you know, where I would attack, where I would recover, you know, all these things that you uh, input into your mind when you uh, pre-ride a course. So I had all that visualizing and I was in this state of bliss. And I remember coming out of that practice thinking, man, I want that again. So I chased that for a while. (laughs) I remember that, you know, every time we sit down will not be the same. And we have to be willing to allow the meditation practice in each moment to be what it is for those who are new to the practice. It is not about quieting your mind. There's no, you can only quiet your mind when you're dead. Uh, until then, during the practice, it's about becoming the observer of these thoughts that are constantly flowing um, and not trying to stop them, but allow them to just 
I when I when I uh, share this with my class, I always liken it to maybe watching the clouds above. You can see the clouds drifting in, and then you watch them as they drift away. Like and treat your thoughts in that way, and you'll find that it allows your practice to be what it is. And we are human beings with a with our natural state being that of peace and calm, love and light. I know that's a long-winded answer, but uh, it was before a mountain bike race. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, you know, I, I always think it's really pivotal when we speak and we can reflect back onto those aha moments that made a huge impact into our spiritual journey mm-hmm. for ourselves. I know, I know. For me, it was that space in between for the first time. It was like the only way I can explain it. It was. It was like I felt this sweetness inside. I felt like I fell into this sense of sweetness where nothing else was going on besides that present moment, in that moment, right? Because it can be scary to go inside, especially when some of us have experienced trauma in our lives or have experienced maybe addiction. Like, you know, my past has experienced addiction. I know you've gone through some trauma in your life as well. It's sometimes difficult and scary to go in. But once we're in, the guru is not external. The guru is us. Everything we need is inside of us. And once we are able to strip back the veil of the world getting in the way, we allow ourselves to come back home to who we are through this practice of meditation. And you know, the practice of meditation, I remember when it really played a significant role or one of uh, the significant uh, roles that it played in my life was when the jails got privatized in California and my old cases when I was a teenage entrepreneur. came back to haunt me and all those cases were refiled. And now I find, found myself as a fugitive from the state of New Mexico uh, in Albuquerque. So there was a warrant out for my arrest. Uh, meanwhile, I had completely transformed my life into this yogi, personal trainer, wellness coach uh, with clients in uh, Southern California. And I got pulled over for not being responsible by not having a driver's license, but still, you know, purchasing a vehicle and driving around, you know, like whatever, you know, the blood of God and the shield of peace was covering me. But if you're not responsible for your life and there are things that are hanging in the balance, uh, there is law. And so anyway, uh, I was uh, thrown back in jail for 364 days from being a fugitive. And I had with me now this tool, this practice. Uh, And this was my moment of truth where it's like, okay, I can meditate and dive deeper into my yoga practice and really connect with the divine, to connect with spirit, to connect with God and allow that energy to guide me through. And I remember the first time when I saw my practice really touching others was when I was uh, doing a flow just in the middle of the courtyard in LA County Jail. And if you, anyone has ever been to LA County Jail, it is like, holy moly. You if, you, if there is such a thing as having enemies, you wouldn't wish this on your worst enemy to be in the LA County Jail, uh, at least for me at that time. I can't imagine what it's like now, but uh, I was going through a flow. I was 
you know, in the zone. I had surrendered to the practice. It was my protection from all the different inmates, the murderers, the rapists, the drug dealers, you know, that were, that I was housed with. And I felt like this spirit said, this is your practice. This is your moment of truth. And as I was going through the flow, I heard these guys uh, talking amongst themselves. And one of them said, oh, man, what is that? Is that that yoga he's doing? And then one said, yeah, we should go ask him. And the other one's like, no, 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 no. Wait till he's done. Look how focused he is. And as soon as I was done, Kevin, those guys came over and they're like, hey, bro, was that that uh, yoga? Can I curse on here? <laughs> was, that, was it that yoga shit that you were doing? And I was like, uh, yeah. And so they were like, would you mind teaching us? So I was like, yes, I'm here every morning. So if you want to join me, then sure, come on down. You know, that for me, that practice that transformed the way these guys communicated with me uh, and their willingness to try something new for me was wow. And I ended up teaching yoga and meditation in every facility with every inmate who was open to the practice on that 365 day journey. And, you know, I believe that the practice of meditation and yoga really helped me to reach people who otherwise wouldn't have been able to experience such profound and transformational practice. Right. And it's so, it's so amazing that spirit called you and said, you know, just stick with your practice and you allowed your practice to just be a reflection. And I feel like that's what everyone was feeling when they were watching you and uh, allowing them that opportunity. I, I can't imagine how much strength it would have even taken them to even come and approach you and talk about something that is brand new. Exactly. And I, I, you know, I clearly remember one of the guys saying, you know, I need something because I go to court and I am stressed than a mother, you know. And I remember holding uh, the bottom of Chaturanga for about 10 cycles of breath. Wow. Because I couldn't go. I felt like I couldn't go in there, you know, with the traditional yoga of, you know, like, and inhale and exhale. Because these guys were like, man, some of them were like three times my size. And I'm not talking fat. I'm talking lean muscle. So I had to, I had to make it into a practice that they could relate to that required physical strength so that they can reconnect with their inner strength, which is what the practice of meditation does for us. It, it brings us face to face with our truth. And a lot of us as human beings have forgotten what it's like to face our personal truth and to come to that place of even knowing what our truth is exactly. i know for m most of my life i didn't know that i never asked myself that question until you know early on in my spiritual journey um mm -hmm. that question started to come out but it took a long while from there to allow that truth to connect to my purpose it's a journey bro it's a journey and it's you know i always feel this this healing and this wellness journey it's work every day it's intentional work every day otherwise if we're not intentional we're just moving through life on autopilot and moving through habits but when we move through intentional we are so present we're so connected to ourselves to source to creator whatever our belief system is and really allow ourselves that strong connection to faith it allows us to be responsible for the lives that we live 
the words that we speak, the love that we share, the information, our presence. Again, it all comes back to truth. But if we are not willing to come back home to this body, this breath, this truth, then we will always uh, be living from not a place that allows us to grow and to transform our lives. Mm-hmm. So, Dorman, you're speaking. You had to meet. You had to meet the inmates where they are to bring create a practice that would keep their attention, to keep it consistent, to keep all of that. Would you say that it was at that point where r- you really started teaching holistic fitness? You know, I, I that was one of the pivotal moments. If I could just go back briefly to a time when I first started relating my Christian background and my servitude to God and holistic fitness was when I was taking a, a doctor client of mine out on a trail run. And I kept talking about the power of God. You know, I was on fire. Uh, talking about the power of God, how God is in every step that we're running up the steep hill. So connect with the power of God in you. And, you know, after the run, he was like, you know, that was an awesome run. And I love you, man. But uh, if I wasn't your friend, I wouldn't tell you this, that all that God stuff that you're talking, that's going to scare people away. (laughs) And so it really allowed me to uh, look at how I were to share this newfound tool that the spirit has given me and had blessed me with. And so I learned to live by example. That also allowed me to live my truth because if I wasn't living by example of how I chose to live my life and what my truth was with my practice and this tool that I now had in my pocket, if I wasn't willing to live it honestly and practice it, then how could I expect anyone else to to find truth within themselves? So, uh, and I completely lost your question there. Again, when spirit takes over, I just go somewhere. No, it's it's all good. It's all good. You know, I just was I just was speaking about you know in you connecting with the inmates and meeting them where they're at, and you know you teaching this aspect of holistic boot camp and feeling like maybe it started at that point where you had to bring in all these other pieces to meet them. Yes. Yes. It, it really did. That was the point when I, when I realized, you know, that I needed to meet people where they were because not everyone had done the hundreds of hours of training in meditation on their uh, cardio and on their bike and on the trail and rock climbing and surfing you know not everyone had the luxury of all those practices to to learn that our meditation practice is in everything that we do as is our yoga you know uh, it shows up in how we listen and how we how present we are in our communicating with others how we treat others. Exactly, right? Uh, Am I only going to love you when you're in my face? Or am I going to love you unconditionally for who you are, whenever you are, wherever you are? Absolutely. So that was a, yeah, that was a pivotal point because again, you know, they were coming from a place of, of need. They needed to relieve the stress in their bodies. And they only know like the no pain, no gain way. 
totally wow what a what a what a huge impact on on so many people just by allowing yourself to just be you um and be that reflection i'd love if you feel okay and call to i'd love for you to take our audience through a meditation to speak to people that's maybe never meditated before Absolutely. Uh, the meditation that I have been practicing lately is connecting to God, and it's using the sound of ah. God is in the word ah, and it's a meditation that I've been doing with Dr. Wayne Dyer. The word ah is in the sound of God in every language. So when you say God, Buddha, Allah. Krishna, Ja, there's that sound, ah. So that has been my practice for the last 14 days. So I'd like to share that with your listeners. So if you can just find a, just sit with your spine nice and tall, you can be in a chair or on the, on the floor in Zazen or cross leg. And just gently close your eyes and just think about what you would like to manifest in your life. And you can think about manifesting abundance, uh, a more uh, divine relationship, or removing the scarcity from your life and replacing it with a stronger sense of security. And just focus on your breathing, just really following that inhalation to the point that you're unable to inhale anymore. And as you exhale, just let go. Just let that go. You know, practice clearing the channel between the root chakra and the third eye. So taking a deep breath in, and as you exhale, we begin. And just think about making the sound ah. I like to use the just saying God uh, and allowing the ah to resonate at the end there. So again, taking a deep breath in. And as you exhale, just let it go. Ah. Breath in. Ah. Just shit sound. Say the sound with me. in your life today. God. God. And as you continue to utter the sound, I'd like to share one affirmation with you as you Continue on. I know that in my life, in each moment of my life, I am free to decide. God. 
is strengthened as I seek to make truth my personal reality. Such a grounding power to that meditation. I felt completely pulled to my seat. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much from my heart of hearts. Thank you for offering that. If our audience would like to find you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, YXC, Dorman Balthazar, and on Facebook. And we also have a uh, online platform. It's uh, webreathe.ca, uh, where you can uh, find meditation practices. It's a subscri- subscription-based platform. Currently, it's at eleven eleven per month or $99 for the year. And you have access to uh, myself, my wife. And a few other teachers, Dr. Tyler Maltman is on there with a a medicinal yoga practice. We have kettlebells. We have uh, the Unbroken Girls who are on there uh, sharing HIIT workouts. And we have Coach Amin who is uh, sharing his kettlebell knowledge. And, you know, so many more teachers to come. I hope to have you uh, share a practice or two on there in the near future there, bro. Absolutely. I would absolutely love to. So webreathewellness.ca. Beautiful. I just wanted to just take a moment and close and just thank you, Dorman, from my heart of hearts. Thank you so much for sharing your authenticity and being so transparent about your healing journey. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on as a guest. And thank you, our listeners, for uh, tuning in and for uh, sharing this time with us. Remember, the power lies within. It always has been and it always will be. Thank you for listening to Yogi's Guide to Health and Wellness. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Kevin Naidu technical production by Sam Robinson. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Thanks again to my guest, Dorman Balthazar. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Sending all my love. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.